Yeah, there. It's kind of hard to like casually get into this subject, you know, like to to work our way through it. I think especially if we want to not make it a five-part series, which I feel like it easily could be, at least. But today we're going to talk about this thought, this um, understanding of the Bible and of salvation, that literally every human being who was a Christian prior to like, you know, 600 AD was very clear about, yet has fallen away over the last you know thousand or so years in terms of like what's preached at the pulpit uh. as you're talking i'm realizing that you're gonna have to title this podcast something and if it's anything about the subject they will have just know what we're talking about for the last minute and a half already exactly. yeah. so yeah we are talking about deification yes and as Reese said, this truth has been, in a sense, lost. Uh, while it was also very prevalent among the early church, and to the point where it was, it was almost understood. Yeah. You know, it, it was not something that was even talked about that much because it was such a essential part of the Christian faith that right. it was just understood as much as we talk about. We, we don't spend that much time on, you know, Jesus incarnation and in the, in the manger there because that's just, you know, that's a basic fact of our faith. Right. So what we want to talk about is what, what is this subject? What is deification? Mm-hmm. How does it apply to us? And more, how can we get this, this thought back into the minds and the hearts of Christians today? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, just just one example i've um and you know some people call it divinization which is different from divination divination is a, a Good, important a, a, yeah demonic thing but divinization is another technical term for it another one is theosis um but yeah i, I i've got um a collection of quotes of at least a hundred different church history people of early church fathers and even actually of the major figures of the reformation up to key people of today like like a c.s lewis who all not only affirmed this but you know were were hearty you know adherence to it um one example that i want to give um you you guys know athanasius right he's basically the the father of the doctrine of the trinity when the whole church was going astray into what's called arianism and they were believing that jesus is not quite god in the same way that the father is god this was a a thought that actually became um like a the a pope at that time was an arian uh, back in the 300s um it got rooted like this was what the church was believing for a short period of time Athanasius was the guy who said, no, actually, Jesus is God in the same way that the Father is God. He is of the same substance. Homoousian is what they said. Um, but it's so cool. The way he argues for it is, is incredible. He, he actually, he, you know, the, arguing for the divinity of Christ, what he did is he met with the heretical components, the Arians, and they, both of them agreed that the end goal of salvation is deification. That was standard. Whether you're a heretic or orthodox, everyone knew that's the goal of salvation. And then Athanasius said, 
how on earth can someone who is not God make us gods? That's the basis in which he argued for the deity of Christ. Wow. He like he took divinization or deification as the basis that everyone believed, heretical orthodox, and then he used that to argue for the divinity of Christ. So the reason actually we believe that Jesus is God, or the basis, the, the argument that was laid back in 325 was, well, if he's not God, then how on earth can we be made God? So just a little history fact. It's like, the reason we believe in the deity of Christ is because everyone else believed in deification. <laughs> um, so anyways, that, that's just like historical background. I don't know how we want to tackle this, though. We're, we are Protestant in the sense that solo scriptura, we want to get into the Bible. It's the Bible podcast, not the church history podcast. So, I don't know. Will, where should we go from here? <laughs> how do we start to broach this subject biblically? Um, y- your head, David. <laughs> no, you were leaning in. Go, go for it. You, you've said no words, and that's not good balance, so yep. you should talk. We need balance. Oh, it's all about the balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think that's great. I, I think one thing to note is that <clears throat> uh, Athanasius' belief on deification, actually everyone's belief on deification, but his root of how can we become God if the person who's what, what did you say actually the what was the f- official quote oh so yeah the famous quote of athanasius is god became man yeah to make man god yeah that's like fame yeah but what do you, what you said though yeah what, sorry what was his argument it was it was it how can someone who is not god, god make, us. make us god yeah okay yeah yeah I, I think right there it's like that thought i would say he has a great argument and it originates i would think it originates in <laughs> now I'm even thinking like where to start like if it's Paul or if it's Genesis yeah, yeah. <laughs> because both to me is like we can get into either one I think Paul probably makes it more clear mm-hmm. but I think the root of it is in Genesis with the creation yeah. of man um, so that's just my that's that's my balance <laughs> yeah yeah I mean Genesis is you know it, it's really interesting that all creation, all creatures prior to man were made at what, you know, quoted again, you got it open there. They were made in a particular way, right? It's and God said, let the earth bring forth living animals according to their kind. According to their kind. Cattle and creeping things and animals of the earth according to their kind. Mm-hmm. And it was so. And everything was made according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Yeah. And God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Mm -hmm. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's Genesis 1, 24 to 27. Mm -hmm. So we see that while everything else, including my kitty cat, was made according to its own kind. My kitty cat Harold was made according to all of the the previous kitty cats yeah. of various names, but Adam and Eve were made according to God's image, yeah. and it says in God's likeness. And so it, we've probably talked about this in podcasts before. I I got to join the crew, mm-hmm. but briefly we see that image and likeness there is both an an, an internal makeup and an external appearance. Yeah. So. And we see this matching throughout the throughout the Old and New Testament. We see God's thoughts, 
his his feelings, his love, his anger. Yeah. We see his choices. We see this is and we agree that this is what makes up a man, makes up his soul, his thoughts, his feelings, his reactions, his choices. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've always enjoyed this that people often accuse Christians or, or, or uh, of of imputing to God human attributes. Yeah. Right. But the realization is that God imputed to humans God's attributes. So our uh, our love when we love when I love my wife, that's a shadow, a, a a picture of Christ and his love and desire for the church. Yeah. We can go on, but yeah. anyway, so we see even from the beginning, God had this idea. His his view for man mm-hmm. was that this man, this creation of his, would be unlike anything else, and it would be like him. It would be based and modeled on the God of uh, on on God in in his attributes and even in his appearance. We see that you know the Son of Man is going to. This is this is how. It's not that Jesus became, uh, you know, a, in the form of a man because that's what we were. Mm-hmm. We were created to match him. Yeah. Before before the incarnation, if yeah. that's doesn't boggle one's mind. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know the in Genesis the thought of image and likeness means we're not at that point God right, right. or gods, but it it. it it actually speaks to a, a purpose or speaks exactly. to what we're to be. You know, image means that we have the potential to become as God is, to be hit, to be of his race, right? They were, cat kind means you're of the race of cats, right? Yep. You're of the species of cats. Well, man was made to be of God's kind, of his species. Um, and then the first thing God does is he puts that man in front of a, a tree called the tree of life, which you know, obviously represents, and it talks about that, God's everlasting life, his eternal life, the life of God. If man had taken that life in, then what we were in image and likeness alone would have been actualized, would have been realized, and then we would have become, you know, what what we were merely an image of. Right. And and actually, this is another, another church history point, even though that's not what this is about. Um... Augustine actually said this. He said the reason that Satan was able to tempt man. You know, how do you tempt a non-fallen man? You thought about that? Like, it's easy to tempt mm-hmm. us because we're, like, so lustful and we're so proud. And we've already got all this corruption. He just needs to use our fallen human nature. But how do you corrupt someone who's who's already, like, neutral? Like, you don't have any ways to pull on him. Well, what if you take the very reason why he was created, the purpose that he was like wired with i.e to become god and you twist that and you say hey if you eat of this tree Mm. it'll make you as god knowing good from evil so it's not like you know he like that was a wrong purpose i mean the end goal of god's creation or of, of god's creation of man is to make us god um but satan twisted that in the way in which we would become as god is and he said take the way of independence from god learning that these things without God's life, without wow. his nature, and that's how he was able to corrupt me. And that's, that's this is what Augustine said. And that's it's really says, good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Well, I know. So it's, it's like, yeah, I like Genesis going with it because it's like, you see from the very beginning, 
our purpose, what we're made like, and then how we were to reach that. Um, but then obviously we fell and got corrupted. And that's where actually a lot of what most Christians talk about is the getting us, you know, the recovery process, right. you know. Uh, no, I think that's a good point because like <clears throat> something that really helped me with this topic, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit and we can maybe come back to this in the future, but like Satan's, uh, Satan's way he tempts us, just like you said, like I guess like Augustine said, is to twist um, God's original intention or to twist the scriptures. It's what he did with Christ even, like he overemphasized certain aspects. Um, and then when you get to basically Satan's final production mm-hmm. in Revelation, yeah. even, or what, you know, it's Babylon, or you can call it whatever you want to call it, um, it's a it's a counterfeit of the bride of Christ. Mm. And so I guess the reason I'm saying that is because even his goal or what satan himself is trying to corrupt and produce is something that looks like the nature of god yeah it looks like it looks like something that is going to express god Mm -hmm. and that it's good for all man but it's uh, you know ultimately not right so i know we're going to get there eventually but i think that's also a good point to look at it from this multi i guess various type of view that is like when you look at it from satan's perspective of what he's doing it emphasizes what God is doing because yeah. He's doing the op. I mean, well, He's just trying to corrupt and make it a counterfeit of what God's doing. Mm-hmm. I think we should just continue to go into the New <laughs> yeah. Testament here. Yeah, I, I think New Testament would be good, like because we we need to lay the foundation, like some of the, even like the Zinger verses in a sense that really speak to this. You know, um, I mean, like the the main one that a lot of people speak about is is Second Peter, right, one four. Um, which literally says that we are made to be partakers of the divine nature. Um, sorry for my computer there. Um, so, you know, it, Peter says, you know, God has granted to us all things, right, pertaining to life and godliness, that through these we might become partakers of the divine nature. It's a baffling verse, and it's one that I, I've don't understand i don't know what i did with it prior to my hearing about deification but i mean it's god's very nature divine nature that man partakes of what what would that do other than make us of that nature would put that nature inside of us would make that nature our nature to partake of something just like with food it it gets into you becomes the fibers of your being it's like and really you know that me and David were talking about this right before you got here. Well, it's like, how do you understand the New Testament without this understanding of deification? Um, I mean, I don't know why you need the Gospels or anything more than the Gospels unless you have this thought. Because clearly the Lord's doing more than just saving from hell. You know, there's there's a, a transformation process which, right. you know, must take place. But yeah, I don't, I don't know where. You know, I think... I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this in the uh, 25 minutes since we've had that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I think Peter is such an interesting kind of, I think Second Peter 1, 4 there, that verse is such an interesting key in to this, uh, to, to this thought, not just because it's very clear, but Peter there is talking about how do Christians how do christians live like how and then he go the next 
several verses, he goes into a list of Christian virtues that are that are you know we would all agree with, and he concludes with love is the the highest. Mm-hmm. But that's all couched in his idea that the the root of all of those positive Christian virtues that we and and I believe all Christians are pursuing mm-hmm. is the divine nature. And so this thought is if you if you remove this thought, let's say, and you 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 don't consider that within man is God's actual life mm-hmm. and that comes with it the reality of all of these of all the positive things that we see, we see in Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit, we see throughout, um, I couldn't think of another example there quickly, but uh, that then the Christian life becomes about trying to be really good. And I I speak for all of us on this podcast, that doesn't work. (laughs) The only thing that fulfills these kind of, what what I would call the goal verses, In the in in the Bible in the New Testament particularly is the life of God. Mm-hmm. Only the life of God can match God's requirements. Right. And so, if you if you take away this thought, then the Christian life becomes this this brutal marathon of attempting and failing to be good, to be a proper Christian. And you live in Romans seven. Right. You are that which you do not will, this you practice. Mm-hmm. But with this concept, this realization that the life of God is not only the saving, forgiving, justifying life, but it's the it's the actual living of the Christian. It's that Galatians 2.20 is to be taken literally. Then we can cross over into Romans 8, mm-hmm. where we see the life of God worked out in a believer and ultimately consummating in likeness to the image of Christ that we would be the firstborn among many brothers yeah which is but which is another one of these key verses about deification anyway that's just my thought about if you don't see this then what what is the Christian life it's Romans 7 and it's defeating and it's it's sad yeah so thank the Lord that He has shown this to us. Yeah, I've got a I've got a question, kind of. So I I, I was thinking about um, John and Peter and James, just because they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. When they see him transfigured, is that the glorified Christ? I mean, I I would assume so. I, I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because doesn't okay. What, when, what's the verse that Peter says where he says we we saw him in all his glory? Yeah, it's Second Peter one. Okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking like there's First a, Peter one, right? Where's the Second Peter one? That's no, Second Peter one. Yeah. You, you look that up. I've got another verse from John. Yeah. This is John, First uh, John three two it says beloved beloved now we are children of God and it has not yet been manifest what we will be. We know that if he is manifested, we will be like him because we will see him even as he is. So I was thinking about that. And like with this verse, like this to me clearly shows that it's like we are, we are going to be like him. It does say that, yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But John would have already seen him. Yeah. But it sounds like right here he's saying we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I guess I'm curious like... I, I was always under the impression that the transfiguration was like, 
that's that's the that's the Christ in its glory. But I guess maybe the Christ they see in resurrection <laughs> is a is a is in a different the the was the transfiguration just a temporary form mm-hmm. that he took on the mount. I have a theory, but and then Reese can come in with the right answer. <laughs> oh my god. My thought is there's not a difference in the Christ that's being seen, but there's a difference in those who are seeing him. Mm. When they're on the Mount of Transfiguration there, they uh we're in Matthew seventeen and yeah. other places. And then we see in John twenty, the Lord breathes the spirit into them after his resurrection. And so it's so John there, when when he sees the Lord, he he's he's seeing the real glorified Jesus, but the the indwelling Christ has not yet come into him at that point. And when the Lord breathes into them in John twenty, that now there is Christ there, in a sense, to respond to the Christ that John will see when the Lord appears. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one thing I would add to that because I think that's right. Like, there's no right spirit to transform them at that point in Matthew 17. The spirit hadn't been breathed in, but it is interesting because Jesus did then spend another 40 days with them in resurrection, which presumably that's his glorified body as well, mm, right? True. Um, I think yeah, we we talked about glorification actually in an earlier mm-hmm. podcast and. Um, the thought of glorification is it should not be thought of as that's what Jesus is going to do to us regardless of all that happened in the meantime from our salvation to then. Actually, glorification is the the manifesting of what happened in the entirety of your Christian walk, right? I don't want to go back to that subject, but you know, it's clear from Second Thessalonians 1.10. He's going to come to be glorified in his saints. He's going to pop out. What happened inside gets manifested bodily when Jesus comes back. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting, like, that. that's not to say that they're beholding Jesus in his resurrected state didn't do something in them as they were with him for 40 days. I'm sure that's actually how Peter was able to give such a bomb message in Acts 2. He was spending so much time with the resurrected Christ, he was just glowing, and he was full of the Spirit, full of Christ. Actually, he, in his living there, was... Christ living again. You've got Galatians 2.20, Paul's verse, being lived out in Peter in Acts 2. And what we experience today actually is no different. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is another just money verse. We behold and reflect as a mirror the glory of the Mm -hmm. Lord. That means we're actually looking at the glorified Christ today in in an inward way, right? In Mm -hmm. In a spiritual manner. We get transformed, right? Being transformed into the same image from glory to glory even as from the Lord's spirit. So yeah, the process of what it, what, I mean, what, what do you do after you get saved is a question a lot of Christians ask. And the answer is not become a better person. Cause like David said, you get stuck in Romans seven. The answer is you get transformed. You partake of the spirit. You partake of God's holiness, which is what it says in Hebrews twelve ten. You partake of the divine nature, Second Peter one four. You enjoy the divine life that came into us as a seed, right? John, that's what John talks about a ton, and Peter. It's like the divine seed, the divine genes. the The Greek word is literally the spora or the sperma in First John three nine or in First Peter one twenty three. It's like God's nature, His genes, what He is got inside of us, and we got to let. What do you do with 
a baby life like that. You let it grow. You you feed it. You nourish it with the milk of the word. With the, you know, these are like all clear verses. It's like the Christian life is a matter of organic salvation, not of becoming a better person, like becoming moral. And and everyone, like we said, since the dawn of Christianity until you know the Dark Ages, basically knew this is what salvation's all about. It's making us God, making us sons of God, mature sons of God, which means God's kind, God's species. Like no longer merely just human, but God, men, men, God, you know, it's, um, anyways, to me, it's just like, I don't know how you understand the Bible and transformation and all that without this thought, even as heretical as it might sound to modern Christians, because modern Christians think, you know, God is God. He's untouchable. He can't be, um, attained to, you know, like, what do y'all do with that thought? The thought that. Well, because that's what most people say with deification nowadays is they say, well, that's wrong because you can't become God, that you don't, you can't be worshipped, you know, you can't um, become all powerful, like things like that. It's like, that's, I mean, is that what y'all have heard? When it comes yeah, to- I, well, I think there's also like a, you have to do something with the, whether it's genuine or not, there's a lot of um, humility in Christianity that's like, yeah, like even from the pulpit. It's like I was at a, I was at a church a few weeks ago, and the pastor said something like, "If you knew uh, what I've done, you wouldn't want me up here preaching. And mm-hmm. if I knew what you've done, you wouldn't shouldn't be sitting in the seats." <laughs> something like that. And he was he was making a point. I didn't necessarily agree with him, but he was making a point that was like, you know, we're all we're all corrupt, and we've all done bad things, and. Um, Basically, the blood of Jesus covers us, but we'll never... And then he even made the point, too. It's like, you know, we'll never get to the point of perfection. It's like that was something that was always echoed. And I feel like it's echoed a lot in Christianity. It's like, well, you'll never be perfect. And it's kind of just, in my opinion, like an ex- a little bit of an, an excuse because there's not the understanding of deification hmm. in the sense of like, what does that actually mean to be perfect? Like, what does it mean that we would be holy as he is holy? Or be perfect as he is perfect? Like, what does that actually mean? Because yeah. those are verses. Yeah. And if we come in and say, well, we actually, we'll never get there. It's like, well, one, you're not reading these verses and you're not reading Romans 8. Because, and I think we're, anyways, my, what I'm saying is like, that kind of comes from this like <laughs> humility that's like, well, I'm not better than my brothers and sisters, which is great, but real deification <laughs> is when we're automatically humbled. Like the Lord in us is the one who's humble. It's mm-hmm. not our words and saying yeah. like, well, I'll never get there. <laughs> no, it's it's our actions and it's Christ living again through us. I mean, even if you look at, I mean, this is going to take us down a rabbit hole. We don't have to go through it, but you look at Moses. Uh-huh. How meek and humble Moses was when he was the leader of Israel. Yeah. Like, he was the one who came down from the mountain shining. Yeah. And then he's also the one falling on his knees repenting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, our, our, I would even make a case for David as well. Just like the kind of person and heart he had when things were going bad or when Saul was attacking him. It's like, I know we're talking Old Testament here. But still, there's this genuine transformation that happens. So I guess point being there is I, I feel like in today, lots of Christianity, most of it is just saturated with this 
I would call it false humility. Hmm. That it's not real. It's just us not trying to be a Pharisee. No one wants to be a Pharisee. No one wants to be a hypocrite. So by default, we get into this mode of like, well, everyone makes mistakes. We need to forgive everyone, which is absolutely true. But being clouded by all that, we lose this sight of what we're actually becoming. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, one point that I, I want to respond to Reese from earlier is, um, yeah, I, I would I would wholeheartedly endorse uh, the fact that I will not be an object of worship, and I'm very cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, our, our understanding of deification as the church fathers was was that we would be the same as God in his, his life, which we've seen, in his nature, which we've seen, in, in representing him, which we saw in Genesis. Yeah. Not in his creative ability, not in uh, an, as an object of worship, yeah. not in these these om, om, omni attributes yeah. that uh, are reserved to to God Himself in the Godhead. We do not attain to this. But to say that we we stop at something short of matching God and His life and nature is to belie the truth of the gospel. It's like the author of Hebrews says, it's to neglect so great a salvation. Hmm. And so on Will's point about humility, you know, so Paul makes the exact same argument in Philippians 2. And he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal with God a treasure to be grasped, but emptied himself. He further down humbled himself, becoming obedient to the death even unto the death of a cross. Okay. And so it's so easy to read that. If your life experience has been Romans 7, yeah. which it, it all of us are doomed to be in unless we are living by this life, unless we are allowing the Lord to live in us, mm-hmm. then you will read that as Jesus was humble, therefore you should also figure out how to be humble. <laughs> but what Paul is saying is he says, there was a mind, there was a mind in Christ, and it's available for you mm-hmm. if you will let it be there. So when he says in, in 1 Corinthians 2, Two yeah. that, you, that we have the mind of Christ, that's not a metaphor. That's saying the, the, the inward thought, the, the characteristic of thinking, of, of consideration that, that existed in Jesus Christ is available and is our, it's pre-installed software. <laughs> in, when you get regenerated, this comes with, with the package, is the mind of Christ. It's there. And so when he says in Philippians 4, think about these things, yeah. he's not trying, he's not telling us to have a better um, more mindfulness he, he's, he's asking us will you please allow the, the, the mind of Christ to become your mind mm-hmm. to the things that Christ thinks about the excellent and praiseworthy things yeah. will you will you let him think those things in you will and that will sort out all these problems of discord that are that were present in that church because Christ agrees with himself so if all the members of a church really allowed the mind of Christ to operate. There really would just be one man hmm. in that church. Hmm. Colossians 3 is another, you know, how could Christ be all and in all? Yeah. In, in, unless we're, unless he has become us. Yeah. Unless we've reached the image of Christ. 
How else could he be all? And in all, we would still be just some really good people <laughs> yeah. living our goodness, trying not to offend each other with our goodness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, for the sake of time, I don't know how much more we should get into this, but I mean, like, I wanted to just mention what you're getting into with Paul, because I mean, we talked about Peter. Peter's thought is partaking of the divine nature. With John, his emphasis is on the divine life. Right. I mean, you read John, the gospel, it's him as life. He came that they may have life, have it abundantly, we'd have eternal life. That's giving us God's life. And then especially First John, you know, it's like the divine seeds got into us. We're children of God, not, you know, we are. What? How does that go in, in chapter 3? It's like, uh, now we are children of God. Uh, well, no, before that, it's like, and we are. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think uh, it's three. I thought it was... Or, like, how wonderful it is. Um, yeah, it's that song we sing. Behold yeah. what manner of love the, the Father, Father has given, given unto us that we should be called the children of God. Yeah. And we are. Yeah, we're not just called it. We right. actually are it. Right. Is what I love. Um, so John's all about the divine life. When you come to Paul, he has this whole other thought, this whole other layer to deification, which has to do with our being in Christ. Mm. Right, that's all over Paul's writings. If you read his epistles, you're going to find in Christ again and again and again. Paul's thought is that we've been put into Christ. Christ has been put into us. You'll find verses going both ways. It's like we we mutually indwell one another, right. where we are being we are joined to Him. We are we are one with Him. It's not just the Holy Spirit is upon us to make us do powerful works. It's no like the person of Jesus, the God Man Jesus, is inside of us, and we're inside of Him. And we have one living, one life, and, and it, it ha- it's all wrapped up too in the attributes of God. We right, we we become the righteousness of God in Second Corinthians five twenty one. Wow. Right, we 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 are uh, we are sharing His glory. Right, it, and actually at Second Corinthians seven, the, they're talking about the apostles there in like verse three. We we ha- we they are the glory of God shining forth. Same thing with his holiness. You know, you've got uh, the Second Thessalonians, like he he springs forth from us. And John has that thought. John seventeen, the glory of God, which Jesus had, is now given to us. So it's like all of God's attributes, right? We're light in the Lord, right? We are now the light of the world. Jesus is light, the light of the world. God is light. First John one five. Well, we are light. Same way, mm-hmm. life. God is life, right? In Romans 8, like our spirit is life, our mind becomes life, even our bodies will eventually become life. Love, right? God is love. And we are eventually, like the high, the what it, the peak of our salvation is we become just beings of love. It's like all God's attributes, all that he is, eventually he must be wrought into us so that we would, that would be what we are. So God would not just be God alone, but he'd be God with his many sons, Jesus with his many brothers. If he the many God men on the earth. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to like have like a crescendo kind of ending thing like that, but I'm just like, it's just like it, once you see deification and you start to try to connect the verses in the Bible, it's like, man, yeah, this makes sense of the whole lot of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all I would, I you know, all I would say, and I know we want to end, don't, don't seem like it's been that long, um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is that to get this to, to kind of round out, do we get this idea of deification? The reason that it has kind of become so uh, you, you know shunned, or I don't know, it's considered heretical by a number of our you know our brothers, is that 
it is is because people have misused the concept and they have uh, attempted to make themselves something, make themselves God in the aspect of worship, mm, yeah. and and this has led you know this has led people astray. This has led to all kinds of very negative things, as any kind of person setting themselves up as an idol would be. Yeah. So and so people have become in a sense afraid of it of this of this idea of deification. So but. What we're saying is that, first, that's not our thought, and that that we need to leave that whole kind of very odd and idolatrous concept aside so that we can be released to be in the fullness of God's salvation. Yeah. Because for this he has called us. Mm. He has called us to be the same as he is so that when we... When we go to all of our things, when I go to my job, when Will sits on his computer emailing people, Christ is doing those things. Jesus Christ lived in Palestine while he was on the earth 2,000 years ago. He never lived in America in 2022. But, you know, he has the opportunity to do that in reality, in our lives. When When I'm at my office... I can be there as David Fulton, or I can be there as Christ, as Jesus living again today. And that has always been the goal of salvation. So, let's enter in. Yeah. Amen. Maybe that's, unless you got any parting words. Nope, no parting words. <laughs> um, I'm actually getting a call from one of our sponsors right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, we got to take but I'll, this. No, I'll tell him to... Uh, Hey, no, we're in the middle of recording. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? I gotta go. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need any more sponsors. We don't rights, need any. Actually, so we don't actually, shouldn't even tell them. Yeah. About. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, no need to make any more donations, y'all. The you know. Our inbox is full in terms of people calling and oh, asking. Oh man, you can't. We can't even tell you how many good reviews we've gotten. Oh man, uh, Venmo has personally called us and said that uh, we need, we, to, we need to, to move up to Venmo yeah. Premium because yeah. of the number of requests. They've gotten trouble from the law from all the tax fraud. <laughs> well, we weren't supposed to talk about that publicly, but maybe we should end it here. <laughs> all right, y'all have a good day. Give to Caesars. What, what is Caesars? Caesar's? Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs>